Hey, are you a business owner, entrepreneur, or professional? If so, we want you to apply to be a featured guest on our show. My name is Adam Torres, and I host the Mission Matters series of podcasts. I've recorded over 3,000 episodes, and we are just getting started. How do you know if you'd be a good guest to be on the show? Well, only one way to find out, and that's to apply, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We want guests that have a story to tell, guests with a brand, a product, or a service that can benefit my audience of listeners. If this sounds like you, go to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. I'd love to talk to you and get to know more about your story. Again, head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, now let's get into the show. Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Innovation Podcast, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips to discuss with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Jillian Bridget Cohen on the line, and she's CEO and co-founder over at Virtual Health Partners. Jillian, welcome to the show. Adam, thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Okay, Jillian, so we have a great topic today, so always be pivoting and, involved and evolving in the digital health space. So I know you're an expert at that, and I, I want to go further into virtual health partners and what you're doing at your company. So maybe just to, to kick this off, let's get into you know your company overall and how it's changed and evolved since you founded it. Absolutely. So I think uh, yourself being an entrepreneur as well, I think the first lesson, second lesson, and third lesson that you get is that your original hypothesis is always going to evolve and change. And then it keeps changing and evolving and pivoting uh, to keep up with whatever's going on in the market, what your customers need, and what your demands are. So how VHP started uh, was the fact that I was originally in finance, and then I went into medical device sales, thought about going to med school. My whole family is doctors kind of laughed at me because I would have had to go back to, grad, to undergrad, forget grad school. <laughs> and they were like, okay, Jillian, what are you going to do next? And I was like, well, I really want to help people. I don't want to just move numbers around on balance sheets. And that really drove me. I was fortunate. I became, um, uh, got into Johnson Johnson Ethicon and then went into their management development program very soon thereafter and truly fell in love with the field of medical device sales, had a passion for bariatric surgery, weight loss surgery, GI, uh, really anything in a laparoscopic, non-invasive market. And what that led me to was to, of course, do that pivot again in my career and fall in love with the concept of startups and being able to figure out what sticks and how something new and innovative can be utilized in, you know, a world of science, right? That's an art and a science as we look at surgery and medicine. And I ended up working for the first startup, got to know a lot of the key opinion leaders across the world in both uh, weight loss surgery and gastroenterology. And it was an amazing experience. But what I learned from that experience was that I watched not just devices, but procedure surgeries and drugs come into favor and out of favor very quickly in this massive obesity, weight loss marketplace. And really, why is that? We've you know, now learned and determined that obesity is a disease, which I think we all go with. But more than that, it's not the fact that you can just have a surgery. You really need tools to be able to help you through that pathway and go through lifestyle, behavior changes, diet changes, and, you know, incorporate fitness and 
proper nutrition or helpful nutrition into your overall scheme of what you're doing because the surgery is only going to help you so much. And I guess what ended up happening, I was uh, working overseas. Great story. I was with a Benny Hanna. I met a few guys with this company called Uber. And I ended up becoming a beta tester of Uber in Paris and New York because I was working, living in New York and I was working so much in Europe at the time. And my girlfriends in New York thought I was in the CIA and that's why I was traveling so much because I used to pop in and out of black cars and they're like, how does this just happen for you? <laughs> Which is <was> pretty fun. <laughs> and now we're just everywhere and, you know, be everything to everyone. So what we, did without Uber, I'm not really sure. But anyway, I really fell in love with the concept of, you know, service at your fingertips. And I was like, there's no way that these apps are not going to become an absolute vital part of our life um, moving you know, forward. And I guess I was right along with a lot of other people who made a lot of money off of Uber and Amazon and everything else, right? So moving into that, I came back to the States. I was working for another company that was a startup who was figuring out how they're endoscopic, meaning it goes through your mouth and doesn't make you have to cut into a person to be able to have a procedure, uh, where they were repairing failed weight loss surgeries. And I was like, something doesn't make sense here. We don't have to know medicine at all to think about a like a string versus a staple. And if a staple can't hold something together, how's a piece of string going to hold that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you need to create a toolbox. And there was a new line of medical devices coming out called intragastric balloons, which were temporary weight loss devices that are very cool and have good results. But once again, the FDA actually agreed with me and was like, well, you can't just offer somebody this procedure. You need to be able to give them that whole toolbox and they need to get nutrition and have a whole program around it. And that is really how virtual health partners started. We then were really fortunate where the doctors we were working with in the different health systems said, hey, can I use you for medical managed weight loss? Can I use you with oncology patients? Can I use you with orthopedic patients? We're like, yeah, why not? Nutrition's really important. So is behavior support. And so is fitness to all of the recovery aspects pre and post surgery or pre and post care of these patients. And that is the original foundation of virtual health partners. What's amazing to see is how we've evolved. We now are in 11 languages, over 30 countries worldwide. And we have multiple partners, uh, 250 plus health systems, doctors that we work with. We have a lot of companies that brand our platform into their own name to partner with like a pharmaceutical or med device or nutraceutical product to deliver a full solution of care to individuals. Wow, that's amazing. And what a great story. I love when uh, like that story of evolution is really just in the DNA. You're like, wow, we can do that. I mean, when I think about our company here, it's like a lot of the things we did were coming from, yeah, we can do that. Oh, yeah, we can do that. We're already doing that. Like even just doing podcasting, it was like, yeah, we can do that. We can edit your podcast. We're editing hundreds of them every week. We're good. <laughs> so You're like, we'll just go with it, right? And I think yeah. that's what we need to do. Can we do it? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So obviously we're all in a big in a big um place of change right now with COVID going on. I mean, what what did COVID change for your company? Just you know, you as a leader overall, like how's that affecting everything? Yeah, so you know, I think that working remotely is here to stay. I think that people do miss the socialization aspect, but I don't think we're ever gonna get our employees to go commute, you know, 
15 minutes to an hour and a half every single day. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Adam, but I, I don't really see that coming back. So I think first you have to figure out how you can efficiently and effectively manage your team, keep them motivated, keep the culture moving, right? But also stay true to your customers and evolve the product to meet the needs. So you have to do all of these juggles when you switch to something, right, which I'm sure you guys had to do. You're like, okay, well, who's going to do the editing now that we've taken this on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that's the first piece that I look at is, you know, you always have to be willing to change. If you're not willing to change, then I don't think – I think your product's going to become stale. I think that your team is going to become disenfranchised with what the mission of the company is, and I mm-hmm. think that you have to be willing to – first lead and show that those changes can work. So with VHP, what we saw really occur was we had a lot of great customers before COVID, as an example, right, and before this entire pandemic. But we moved from being a nice-to-have to a must-have for many situations. Mm-hmm. Because we're offering condition-specific live virtual nutrition, lifestyle support, and fitness components that address the specific needs of disease states within those sectors, such as oncology, weight loss, GI diseases, cardiac rehab is just launching at Rush University, super excited with what Dr. Tracy's done with us when I think of these things. And we work in multiple other areas. And then I think of the Medicare population as well and how what we're doing has been able to impact all of these groups. So when hospitals went to essential services only, we're able to still be supplying care that's live care and keep that person moving down their journey to better health or wellness or hopefully beating cancer and keeping them out of the hospital. So um, I'm not asking you to have your crystal ball, right? Like nobody knows, <laughs> you, but, you do, but you do have a unique vantage point though because you're not only are you working in this day, not just with your background and that you're working on it, you know, day in and day out, but you, you see so many different things, whether it's your diff, the different providers you work with or the different people that use your platform, different businesses and, and verticals. I mean, so you do have a unique vantage point. So I'd be interested to hear your take on really how you see the future of health tech or digital health. Um, like, what does this look like in this post-COVID vaccinated world whenever we get there? Well, I think that, first of all, our senior population, they had to become much more comfortable with technology by force, not by want, or right? It was absolute need. My mom's was... so good at Facebook. Mom, <laughs> I just had to tell you, for if you're listening to this, you're so good at Facebook. She shows, I'm like, I don't even like it. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that out there when you said our seniors. <laughs> She's so good. Go ahead. <laughs> my mom now decides that she's for 2021 going to chronicle the interesting things that she's eating on Instagram. She didn't have an Instagram account before, but she's like, I'm going to start taking pictures. And I was like, is that pictures of what my husband and I cook for you? And she's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. Maybe we should introduce our moms. <laughs> on the worldwide social media web. But, you know, so I think that was really telling. So nine plus million Medicare participants when our first lockdown occurred in the States um, did virtual appointments with their doctors from mid-March to June, which is absolutely amazing. So it went to being like a few hundred to over 13,000. It was like 13,000 weekly to nine million. Like that to me just tells us that, okay, you know what? So our society has become more comfortable with non-traditional means of care, non-traditional means of, you know, health. And I think that once people become comfortable with them, that band-aid's been ripped off and they get used to it, right? Mm -hmm. 
No, I, I get it 100%. And I, um, I guess on the other side of things, so you mentioned, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, the end users. I, I'd say on the doctor side of things, I've had quite a few on this, on this podcast and people with different technologies, like the, the part, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't want to deliver medicine through, through telehealth, well, you kind of have to now. So for, for better or worse, right? So some people are really excited about it, some aren't, but overall, the, the, I think everybody's goal is really patient care and just so that everybody, you know, it, it's for the you know the health of everybody involved in this so i think overall um i i like i like that direction of it so i think it and it's got a lot of room to grow you know i think the other thing for me and i just thought it always overwhelms me when i say it is the fact that the loneliness epidemic that social isolation is causing right whether it's our senior mm-hmm. population our own population of people who are in a work used to a working environment that might be living by themselves right where they're not mm-hmm. having that normal social interaction with friends and family that they're used to is equal to 15 cigarettes a day on the body's health. Wow. Crazy, right? And so, you know, uh, when we look at, obviously, clicks on social media and interactivity, they're up. But I think what's really important is finding sources that actually have real information and not fake news. (laughs) Um, Not to get political on this, but in reality, you want sources that can be trusted, and really that's what our platform's been able to do. So when we look at how a lot of the Medicare Advantage plans become very interested in working with us, it's be- and also from a Medicaid perspective of, you know, our underserved communities where health is such a vital part, and we look at how COVID has ravished these communities, right? Mm-hmm. And we're able to be able to provide services with live experts, psychologists, social workers, registered dietitians, right to them where they can join a group, have interaction, and also have that expertise and fitness instructors coming to them and have that back and forth on Messenger. Uh, So that's really been groundbreaking for us that we could do this in such a cost-effective and scalable way for these underserved and lonely communities that are dealing with social isolation. That's awesome. So, Jillian, uh, first off, it's been awesome having you on the show, and I know you and I can talk all day about this, um, but we're about out of time for this one. So that being said, though, before um, before we end this, I do want to give you the opportunity, if somebody is listening to this right now and they want to learn more about health partners, um, this is a two-part question. So part one, um, what, what are the typically the right types of um, organizations to work with health partners and uh, number two, virtual health partners? And number two, um, what's the best way for them to follow up? Absolutely. So our key uh, partners that we work with are insurers, health systems, and doctors, providers. And then we also work with health product companies. Uh, the best way to get in touch with us is through our website, virtualhealthpartners.com. We've got a contact form. Or you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you want some really good recipes or some tips, always check out our Instagram because it's really pretty. And anything in the news that's pertaining to what we do, we always post through our social channels as well. So really appreciate this opportunity, Adam. Thank you again. Once again, Virtual Health Partners, you can just search us and find us on any of those social channels. Perfect. Well, Jillian, again, really appreciate you coming on the show. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you're a first-time listener, don't forget, hit that subscribe button. Want you to be a return listener. Have other great guests just like Jillian coming up for you. Um, And Jillian, thanks again for coming on. Pleasure. Adam, thanks. Happy 2021.